Welcome to the Next Steps to Better Days podcast with your Next Step coach, Adonis Lindsay. Hey, Adonis Lindsay here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's podcast, Next Steps to Better Days. I am always excited to uh, be bringing these podcasts to you. It's a pleasure. It's a passion of mine. And I am just so thrilled of all the feedback uh, that you guys are giving me. You're sending me messages and uh, just how this program is, uh, this podcast is encouraging you and you're sharing it with your friends and family and they're being encouraged, inspired as well to take those next steps to uh, reaching their goals, reaching their dreams. And so thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for helping me spread the word about this podcast, Next Steps to Better Days. And I am excited about this uh, particular episode. I've got with us a good friend of mine, her name is Dallas Freeman. I'm telling you, this is going to be an amazing podcast, so get ready for it. Uh, here's a little bit about Dallas. Dallas grew up in an alcoholic, drug-addicted, and abusive environment, making her fair share of mistakes. She was finally able to turn her life around through a relationship with Jesus. Her life experiences have given her the ability to connect with people on a deeper level. And uh, I'm telling you, she is, she's got a story that you guys are going to want to hear today. And she's releasing uh, a brand new book here uh, down the road. It's called Transformed from Abused and Addicted to Living a Life of Purpose and Love. So you're going to want to make sure you grab a copy of that when it's released. Uh, it's just, I, I, man, I've, I've read through it. I've, I've looked at it. And it's just, it's a tool and a resource for people that have, that have been through some stuff and uh, we'll lay out a roadmap of how they can take some next steps to get beyond it and start living a life of, of purpose and love and freedom from the past. So Dallas, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm telling you, Dallas, just, you know, looking at your book and, and, and hearing your story. Uh, that's why I'm so excited to have you in the studio today, uh, because we're all about giving people next steps uh, in their life. Uh, so that they can move forward, <laughs> move beyond. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hey, listen, guys, I'm telling you, you're going to want to take notes on this. You're going to want to share this podcast with uh, friends and family, people that you know that are uh, going through some struggles right now and uh, that need a word of encouragement, that, that need to hear uh, a true story, true life story that somebody that's been there, done that, got the t-shirt and have moved on beyond uh, the past, okay? Hey, so Dallas, I, I want the audience to get to know just a little bit about you. So tell us, uh, what was your childhood like? You know, there were glimpses of good, but it was filled with physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. Um, was kicked out of my house starting in the eighth grade. Wow. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. How old were you? Thirteen. Wow. So what did you do? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a major thing right there. I first, I didn't know what to do when I got on my bicycle and I rode to a friend's house and just said, my mom told me I had to get out. Can I please stay here? And I slept on their couch for three weeks. Wow. Wow. So in that Dallas, you know, being kicked out, did you feel the rejection? Did you feel like abandonment? Absolutely. You know, you just, you go, this, these are the people who are supposed to be loving me and taking care of me. And now they've thrown me out of their house and told me not to come back. And so with that, what do you think led to that? What do you think led to the moment of them saying, uh, was it, was it anything that you contributed to? Was it anything that was going on in your world, in your life? I do not believe so. I, you know, I had a job at 13, so I worked and I went to school, but my family was 
using cocaine and drinking and um, vodka. Vodka was always when I when vodka came out of my house, you knew you didn't know what was going to happen that night. Wow. <laughs> you just knew that it could go one of two ways: either people would pass out, or there would be fighting and things being thrown and and possibly being kicked out of the house. And you saw this all the way up until you got kicked out. So you saw this all the way up until you were around the age of 13 years of age. How did you cope with that, Dallas? Just seeing it day in, day out as a as a young teenager, even in, in being a preteen as well. How did you cope with that? How did you find the mental strength just to wake up the next day and think that everything was going to be okay? You know, I, I think I just, I don't want to say buried my head in the sand, but I kept myself busy so that I didn't have time to think about the reality of what was really happening. I went to school and I worked and I... You know, if I was staying with somebody, I would try to do things around the house so that I wasn't a burden mm-hmm. to the people I was staying with. And so I, I honestly don't, I think coping is survi- was surviving. Just what can I do to get through today um, was where I was at. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure on a, on a 13-year-old and, uh, you know, trying to block that out of your mind, out of your memory. You know, in, in your book, Transform, you, you have a chapter where you talk about being a born loser. Tell us a little bit about that, because I'm sure uh, you, did, you probably didn't feel like a winner being kicked out of your house. And I'm sure you had some mental challenges or some mental battles that you had to face. So tell us a little bit about that. I, I felt really as if I was a loser, like the world was against me because I at home was being verbally abused and physically abused and... I was not the popular kid in school. I did not have time to worry about how my hair looked and, and the right makeup and the popular clothes. And so I was going to school and the kids were calling me ogre and I'm going wow. at home being told how stupid I am. And so I just thought it doesn't matter what I do. It's never right. It's yeah. never good enough. And nobody's ever going to love me. So you were getting it from both sides. It's like you had no escape. Right. Because usually people, if they're, if they're going through hell at home, they have an escape, whether it's school or work. And it seems like wherever you went, you were still catching it. Yes. On, on both sides, from family, from friends at school. And so with that, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, Dallas, they go through some things to where uh, it's hard for them to see the light of day. It's hard for them to see... Uh, themselves winning in a situation when all they're being told is how uh how no good they are they're being made fun of they're being picked on and so over a period of time i believe that begins to work on somebody's self-esteem did you have any self-esteem challenges going on in your world i'm sure you did uh that made you feel less than everybody else around you i did i i really grew up kind of feeling like i was a piece of garbage Mm. like i wasn't worth any more than the scrapings you would scrape off your plate, you know, like I've had what I'm going to have and I'm going to throw the trash away. Well, I was the trash. I was the leftover. I was what nobody wanted, the gristle on your steak. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the part that nobody wants right there. That's that, a, and that's how I felt. That's the part you probably feed to the dogs or something like yeah. that. And so, so going through a great analogy, Dallas. So <laughs> that's why your book is so great. I mean, you paint a picture. You know, that people can really get that aha moment or people can connect with. So when you paint those pictures and, and I'm sure, you know, sharing a lot of your 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 past, some of that was painful. Uh, and but, you know, I say this about everybody. Everybody has a story. 
Some people are ashamed of their story. Some people regret their story. Some people hide their story. Some people cover it up. Some people hope to forget about their story, but some people tell their story and they help the lives of others. And I believe that's exactly what your story is going to do to thousands of people around the world that uh, are caught up in similar situations that you went through. But just the the boldness that you have to share your story, I believe it's going to help a lot of people. So Dallas, as you were, you know, you caught it from both sides, home, school. Uh, now, now take us into your adulthood life. How were things then? So when I graduated high school, I started becoming the very people that I didn't want to be. Oh no. I had more time on my hands because I don't have school in the equation anymore. And so I really started to realize the pain that I had. And so I turned to drugs and I turned to alcohol and I turned to sleeping with guys, especially because I had been sexually abused. So there was a skewed perception of, of those kind of things. And And so I became the very people who I tried so hard to not Mm -hmm. be, um, constantly just trying to find a way to not feel the pain. I didn't know how to deal with the pain, but I didn't want to be miserable and unhappy and depressed. And so I did. Yeah, that's what I did. And so basically you turned to the very thing that you grew up seeing, the very thing that, that, you know, you despised. Uh, but then all of a sudden now you found comfort in it and, you know, maybe even thinking that maybe this can hide the pain or this can, this can dull the pain. And, you know, I think a lot of people when they're in a painful situation or have been through hurt they're you know, sometimes their next step, they're trying to grab whatever they can do to do away with the pain. I just need immediate relief right now. And many times that is the wrong next step because that step sends you into a downward spiral of something that you don't even like in the first place, you know? And so, and I think a lot of times it's, you know, over a period of time, if we're not careful, if, if we don't begin to uh, change our mindset, uh, if we don't begin to get a mental picture of where we could be going, uh, then it's so easy to just settle and say, well, you know what, maybe this is the best, you know, life for me, or maybe this is just, it was, you know, it, it was in it was in the hand I was dealt, and, and you and I both know that is wrong right there. So, uh, turning to that life, Dallas. Uh, obviously, you had some type of epiphany. You had some type of uh, a moment in your life where you had to say enough is enough, and you knew something needed to change because you uh, were well aware of that train you were on. You've seen it all your life growing up, uh, and you knew where that train was headed. So. Uh, when did you hit, I don't want to say train wreck, but when did you hit that moment to where it's like, you know what, I'm at a crossroads and I need something to happen in my life because I don't like where I'm headed. I, um, and that was kind of a very quick downward spiral, um, just with the guilt and shame. So now I've got all the rejection issues and the abandonment issues, and now I've added guilt and shame. And I remember getting into a fight with a friend of mine over something so silly. I can't even remember what it was, but I just started bawling. And I just looked looked at her and said, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I don't want to die, but I can't live another day like this. And she suggested we go to church. Her mom had been trying to get the both of us to get there wow. for two years, and we would never go. And 
after some persuasion, I finally agreed to go to a youth service at 22 because I was not going into main church. <laughs> You're not going to go in big people's church, huh? You- <laughs> no. I was afraid they wouldn't let me in. Wow. Wow. So at 22 years of age, your next step, you, you reach a place where you're like, I'm done with this life. And, and obviously there was something, you know, on the inside of you that was not going to let you settle and continue to stay on that train of doing the same thing that you grew up seeing other people do, loved ones and, and people in your, your family. And so you, your next steps were, uh, you decided to go to a church service and, you know, in your, in your book, uh, transformed in chapter seven, I believe you talk about forever changed. And so tell the audience a little bit about that because it's like, you, you know, your life at that point seemed like a mess. And a lot of people, Dallas, you and I both know that, you know, they give up without taking those next steps. And a lot of people in their lives, uh, when they have uh, went in a downward spiral so low that they can't see the light of hope or they can't see the next step that they should be taking, but you did. And I'm sure you're thankful of that. So tell us a little bit about that next step in your relationship uh, with Jesus that you mentioned in chapter seven. When I walked into the youth service, I, there, was just, there was just something different about the people, which was one thing that, that drew me in and they did music and people were raising their hands and jumping around. And I didn't really understand what they were doing, but I started doing it too. Cause it just <laughs> was fun, I guess. And, um, when, when the man speaking gave his altar call that night, he said, I know there's a girl out there that's been abused and rejected and she's tried to do this and this and this to be happy and nothing's worked, but God just wants her to know that he loves her and has a plan for her life and he's waiting on her. And I was elbowing my friend. I'm like, how did that guy yeah. know that stuff about me? And so the long story short, I gave my life to God that night and immediately connected with some people in their twenties that just kept inviting me to all sorts of things and just loving on me and teaching me about prayer and reading my Bible. And as I began to do those things, I didn't need drugs anymore. I didn't need alcohol anymore. I was genuinely becoming happy. There were still painful times because I still had to deal with those things, but I wasn't trying to mask it anymore with drugs and alcohol. I was just seeking, you know, God and, and hanging out with these people and, and feeling loved by people and accepted by people, right? How I was. Yeah. And, and that is so awesome because one of the things I, I'm a firm believer uh, in this and I teach people this all the time. It's like, uh, you know, a lot of times your next step is making some right connections. And it seemed like after you went to church, you gave your, your heart to God, but you still took another step. And that was connecting with some people, some good people around you that could help you uh, with some positive influence. And as you were feeding into those relationships, that desire for drugs, alcohol, sleeping around, all of that began to go away because you had connected with the right people. And, and a lot of times, you know, you know, you could be uh, just one connection away from a breakthrough uh, in somebody who's going to believe in you and somebody who is going to uh, be in your corner. They've got your back. They're with you thick and thin. There's somebody that you can trust. They trust you. And that is the power of connections. I believe that with all my heart. And uh, I believe that came 
after you made the, the number one supreme connection is that, and that was with God. And that's when your life began to transform and begin to change. And I'm sure Dallas, you, when you were in that church service and the, and the pastor said, I know there's a girl here or somebody here. You probably thought, well, who told him about me? <laughs> exactly. You know, that <laughs> I was like, hello. Yeah. And, uh, but that was God getting your attention and, uh, saying, Hey Dallas, I'm here for you. I love you regardless of what you've gone through. And in that moment, God is able to come in. If you're out there listening right now, listen, God is able to come in and totally in, in one connection with him, uh, do away with your past and, and to give you that, that, that hope and that self-esteem and to, to wash away that, that old, bad mental picture you had of yourself and create a brand new picture of what he can do for you, in you, and through you. And so it is so important, guys. Once again, you know, uh, my my main passion is to help people take that next step to to live their destiny, their dream. Uh, but all of that has originated out of my love for God and just being in ministry for over 20 years. Uh, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, they said, you know, Donna, I know you, you write books, you do this, you do that. And I said, you know, all of that came out of my relationship with God. And that is my number one thing is to see people set free and to move forward into the life that God has for them. So Dallas, that's why I'm so excited just about your story to tell your story. And uh, I believe that's a sign, a true sign of you're totally free from it. Your life is transformed and uh, you are helping others. You know, you can think about all the people that have probably, uh, you know, gone through certain similar to the person right now, Dallas, that because uh, I believe people that are listening to this podcast, it, your particular story is right where their friend is or their family member, co-worker is. And so what would you, and I'm sure they're going to share this part, who's been hurt, who's been wounded, uh, abused physically or just emotionally, but they've been, they've been hammered day in and day out in me. What advice or what word of encouragement or what next steps would you tell that person, Dallas? Steps would be, don't give up, don't quit because you do matter and you are loved and your life is worth living from a practical note on steps, like find a church, find people who know the word of God. I needed people who knew the word of God, who could, who could show me scriptures to memorize that I could quote over my speak over myself when I was struggling. Um, you know, know your temptations. I didn't go hang out in bars (laughs) because, You know, the, the alcohol was there. And so I really had to just look at my life and say, what, how, what do I want my life to look like? You had to set boundaries for yourself. And then what boundaries do I need to have to get there? Um, and then share those with people who I could call and say, I'm having a rough day today. Can we hang out so that I don't go to the bar or so I don't go find the drugs or so... And then, but most importantly, turning to God also, but he places those people in your life to be help, help you be accountable and to help you through those moments and to pray with you and, and be vulnerable. Don't try to shoulder it on your own because it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think a lot of people, when they, when they try to fight the battle by themselves, that's when it's overwhelming. That's when it becomes to the point of exhaustion. I'm giving up. It's never going to get any better. But when they've got somebody in their corner, somebody fighting side by side with them, that's when, you know, 
the strength comes in. That's when uh, you've got somebody holding you accountable and somebody looking you in the eye and say, you can overcome this. You, you know, maybe you've had a bad day today, but tomorrow will be better. And you Absolutely. need those connections. You need those people in your life uh, when you're dealing with things of this magnitude and, and, and these sensitive situations. You need people, good people, strong people that are going to help you walk this thing out step after step uh, into your life of transformation and victory over the past and and uh, and, and just freedom to, to walk in love, freedom to see yourself as a overcomer. I love that. I love that. Dallas, man, I'm telling you, your story uh, is amazing. And I know there's, there's, you know, much, much more to your story. We're not going to give away everything on the podcast <laughs> because people need to get to, uh, you know, buy your book when it comes out and, and get it. And it's more than just a book. It's a story. It's a, uh, it's a true life story. And uh, I believe it's, it's going to be hope in the hands of many people. It's going to be encouragement in the hands of, of many people out there, especially uh, probably some many young women that are out there, uh, and and not to exclude the young men, but you know I know it's just hearing your story. A lot of women are going to connect with that, and uh, find hope, find healing, uh, and find the strength that they need to take those next steps to move forward. Uh, into their destiny. Dallas, I am so glad you were in the studio today uh, just sharing your story and uh, almost made me want to preach on the podcast, right? And I'm telling you, man, it's God is good. And, you know, man, God will get you out of anything. Yes. If you if you if you take a step towards him, uh, he can get you out of a whole heap of trouble. Yes. Uh, a big mess. And uh, he can transform that and he can give you a story that's going to help a lot of people. And I believe that's what he's done in your life and you are doing it. I, I love chapter 10 uh, in your book. Uh, I'm, it's you know kind of my favorite chapter because it says, excited for the next. I love that. <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about. You know, next steps to better days. And Dallas is definitely living some better days uh, right now than she did in the past. And I'm sure you're thankful for that, Dallas. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, listen, Dallas, hey, where can people go uh, to find out more information about you, about when the book is going to be released? Uh, Where can the listeners go for that, Dallas? Right now, they can go to facebook.com backslash Dallas F. Freeman. Okay, that is facebook.com backslash Dallas F. F. Freeman. Okay, cool. And then, uh, man, so so check that out. Check out her Facebook page. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she's going to have some other social media platforms down the road that you guys can connect with her very easily. And, uh, and so she can let you know when that book is going to be out so you can get that in your hands. And if any listeners out there, listen, if you're part of an organization or a church service or um, maybe a women's group, and uh, man, I'm telling you, she would be a perfect guest speaker uh, to come to your organization, to your women's group, to share her story uh, that I believe is going to help a lot of people find freedom uh, from the past and to take the next steps to move forward. So Dallas, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Again, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll have her back later on down the road after that book comes out so she can tell us about all the many lives that are being touched and changed by reading her story. And uh, until then, guys, don't forget, don't forget that uh, you can do me that huge favor 
to continue to share this podcast with others. Let them know they can they can download it on uh, iTunes. They can actually subscribe to it on iTunes as well. Send it out to your friends, family members, coworkers. Once again, I'm just getting a lot of great feedback from uh, all the listeners that are out there. So thank you for your support, your love, your kind messages that you are sending me. And uh, don't forget, it's never too late to make your next days your best days. You've been listening to the Next Steps to Better Days podcast with your Next Step coach, Adonis Lindsay. For additional resources or coaching, please visit adonislindsay.com.